Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. I have a fairly lengthy reading tonight, so I'll only read a couple scriptures and I'll let you be seated. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I love you. And I thank you again, God, for this opportunity, Lord, to stand in your presence. God, I pray, Lord, that you would take this word that you have given me, God. Use me as your mouthpiece, God. It's not about me to be heard, Lord, God. But if it could minister even to one, God, I praise your name for it. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God. Anoint us, God, to receive a word tonight, Lord Jesus. We pray, God, sincerely from our hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. I'm going to continue reading. And so the Bible says that that Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And the Bible goes on to say in verse 3, And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel... And he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Pay attention to that. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And moving on, verse 8 says, And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived, it took three times, but Eli finally perceived that the Lord 
had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if the Lord, or it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all the thing all things which I have spoken concerning his house when I begin I will also make an end verse 13 for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And verse 14, the Lord said, And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. That's a lengthy read, I know, but I think it's worth it. Because it's, it's such an important story in the Bible. We have to understand that Eli was at the time one of the highest officials in the land. And man, he was the high priest. You didn't get any higher than that. You didn't, apparently, you didn't get any closer to God than that. Amen? But we find this story to where Eli is in the temple and his sons are full of sin. They're misusing the ministry of God. And God is sick and tired of it. Eli and his sons were over the priesthood at the time in Scripture. His sons were doing evil in the sight of God and grossly misusing the ministry. And the place that God had had put them at that time. And we find here that God was trying to do something very important. He was trying to bring up a generation to purge the priesthood, if if you if you will, or so to speak. God had found someone in young Samuel who was sensitive and who loved the Word of God. The Word of God was still precious to, to Samuel at that time. There are so many things that we could take away from this story. One, one being where the Scripture says that, that Samuel didn't yet know God. Amen. We have to be careful that we don't find ourselves in the place that Eli found himself. Amen. Because God's going to be speaking to people that don't yet know him. And it doesn't need to take us three times to realize what's going on. If, if Eli, 
I believe I'm safe in saying this, if Eli had been in his right place with God, he would have known what was happening with Samuel earlier than the third time. Amen. Though it may not be such a huge deal that he had to wait. The point of the story is that Eli, the Bible says that he was in his place and his eyes waxed dim and the lamp of God went out in the temple. That is something that should have never happened. Amen. And we all have a lamp to guard in our own hearts. Amen. And that is the Holy Ghost. One must pose the question of how did Eli reach this place that the word of God was no longer as precious as it used to be? How did the man of God, how did this man, get to the place that the songs of the Lord didn't sound as good as they used to, that the incense didn't smell as sweet as it used to. Amen. What could have happened to this man? He wasn't just a saint, but he was, he was in the highest position in the land. He was the high priest. The only one, think about it this way, the only one, out of the millions of Israelites that had contact with God to the point of going behind the veil and entering into the Holy of Holies. He was called to be used as the mouthpiece of God, yet he put an entire nation of people in danger because he had lost his vision and the sight of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven on earth. What is even more frightening is the fact that the word of the Lord says that God was so angry at Eli's house by the iniquity of Eli and his sons to the point that they would not be able to even have this iniquity purged with sacrifice. Sacrifice was the way that God had set up atonement for sins. And no manner of sacrifice would ever purge this or would ever bring about forgiveness for what had just happened. That's a dangerous place. When That means that when God is done, he's done. And if I may be so bold as to say tonight, though we may be living in the dispensation of grace, amen, we have to remember that you can still push God too far. It may be the last time we get to push him away. No one can make us love God. No one can make us love his word, love this church or her message. Because overall, God gave us each our own will to do as we choose. That's why he, he said in the scriptures, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. A lot of times when we hear this scripture, we are taught that mammon refers to only money. The definition of, of mammon is wealth regarded as an evil influence or a false object of worship and devotion 
the word mammon was taken by medieval writers as the name of the devil or the spirit of covetousness. In other words, you have to choose between your greed, your happiness, your want, or God. Amen. Joshua said it this way. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you, whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, whether the gods your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. The thing that I find most frightening about this story of Eli and his household is how slowly he must have faded away into this position of disillusion and falsity with God. Amen. It didn't happen overnight. This man slowly wore down. It slowly wore him down. The simple fact of the matter is that his work for God became his habit. Amen. The work of God became a habit to him. It just became old hat. He could do it in his sleep. He got so used to it that he became complacent in what he was doing for God. His ministry became a habit. Therefore, he lost his love for his work. That's the title of my message tonight. When holiness becomes your habit. Amen. This is something we have to guard against in today's time. We can't get so used to church that it becomes our habit. Amen. Because when it becomes our habit, we will lose the love for it. We'll lose the appreciation for it. And we have to guard our hearts so that we are not overcome. I have been in this church long enough to see the love of God and not even in this church, in, in church in general, long enough to see the love of God simply fade from people. Because it becomes a habit. You get into a routine of church on Sunday. You get into a routine of church on Wednesday. And before you know it, all of that time in between just falls down by the wayside as far as God's concerned. If we don't guard our hearts. Amen. It falls down by the wayside and it falls into the heap of things that we just have to do. And, oh, I've got church tomorrow, so I can't do that. And, man, we've got to guard against that because before you know it, it'll just be another Wednesday night. And then before you know it, that just that other Wednesday night becomes a night that, well, it's just a Wednesday night so I can stay home. And, man, or I've got so many other things I could be doing. The kids have this. We've got to do this. It can't become a habit to us. And, man. Because if we're not careful, we can fade ourselves 
out of the will and out of the love of God. Amen. Until it becomes easy for us to just slip away. In other words, the light of God simply goes out. The light of God simply goes out. Because before you know it, we'll be here out of habit. We can sing out of habit. We can worship out of habit. We can read our Bibles out of habit. But we can't lose the passion that God gave us along with our works. Amen. Some people would say, after you know a long day, and I've been there too, so I'm not judging anybody, I'm just saying. Some people would say, I'm just doing good to be here. Well, that's, that's true. It's good to be here, and sometimes we can feel like we barely make it in. But if we're not careful, you can make that your lifestyle, to where it's, it's just good that I'm here. And then before you know it, you stop worshiping, you stop putting forth an effort. I can say it because I've been there. Amen. And before you know it, it becomes a habit. You've just got to realize this is, this is why I may be slipping. This is why I may, I may not be where I need to be spiritually because God becomes a habit to us. God didn't call us to simply attend church. He called us to be the church. Amen. You know, and I don't say, I don't say this boasting. But I am very proud of, of my family and my heritage. I'm so thankful to be brought up in this church. We have a, such a wonderful church. And I thank God every day for this church. And I debated whether or not to say this because I know people can look at me and say, well, you don't have kids. You have no business talking about kids. Maybe true. But I have been in a situation where I've been around kids all the time and might as well say I have them. So, but the thing is that, that always captivates me thinking about having a family one day is that I will never be able to expect my children to have a better walk with God than I do. I won't be able to expect them to worship more than I do. I won't be able to expect them to pray more than I do because I will be their teacher. Amen. It's frightening to think of the generation that is growing up right now and the generations to come. Because the things that used to be done in the darkness of our nation are now being brought into the light. They will grow up with a different perception of sin. If you think of it this way, because before it was just sin and it was wrong, it was it wasn't condoned. But see, now it's not only being embraced, it's being passed into legislation. Give it a few years and it's going to be all over the media. Even more than it is right now, it's going to be. Filtering into homes by this nation's vast wealth of entertainment. This should be alarming as the church. This should be alarming. And the enemy would love nothing else than for us to get swayed and rocked to sleep. He would love nothing else but for this message to become a habit to us. To come in on Sunday. You can even go 
to your outreach ministries. You can teach your Sunday school class. You can play your instrument. You can sing your songs. But the bottom line is you can do all of that and it will be a habit to you. We will get into a position to where it's nothing but going through the motions. And we have to guard this in our hearts. Amen. We can't afford to let our love for the things of God wax dim as Eli did. I don't know about you, but I don't want to leave it to the next generation to have to pick up the baton. Amen. Because I dropped it. We can't afford to let our holiness become a habit. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He wanted to tell them, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. He was telling this church all of the good things that he had seen about them. He said, I've seen your works and I've seen your labor. I've seen your patience and how you can't stand those which are evil. He was commending them, if you will, on calling out the false doctrine of the day and calling out the apostles which were liars. And he said, and hast borne and hast patience. And for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. God was commending them, but the very next verse says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. All of the good things that they had done just meant nothing because of that one verse. Because in verse 5 of this chapter, he says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. But their work had become a habit to them. And that caused God, out of all of the good that he could name, to say, I have somewhat against thee. And it was so serious what he had against them that he said if they didn't repent, he would remove them. That's how serious God takes what we do. That's how serious God takes what we do. We must remember that we're not called to attend church. We're called to be the church. Amen. The Holy Ghost requires maintenance. Amen? The Holy Ghost requires maintenance. 
And I say that to say this, you were never given the gift of the Holy Ghost to speak in tongues as the evidence of the infilling of the Spirit to stop right there. Paul said that he did it daily. He prayed in tongues. He prayed in tongues. There comes a time, and I I am speaking to myself more than I'm speaking to anybody else, but there comes a time where we have to shake ourselves We need to look down spiritually at our feet and see which direction we're positioned in. Amen. There comes a time where we need to evaluate ourselves and ask ourselves, when is the last time we fully read and enjoyed reading our Bible? When was the last time that we fasted? When was the last time that we did this? When's the last time that we prayed? And I'm not talking, now I lay me down to sleep, cute prayer. I'm talking about getting alone with God and staying there long enough for God to speak to us and position us in the direction that we need to be spiritually. This is all part of maintaining a relationship with God. Amen. We'll never be saved And I know I can say this because there's a Bible for it. You'll never be saved without that relationship with God. And you'll never think about it as a, as a, as any other relationship. You'll never build a friendship or a relationship without getting to know that other person. So how can we expect to build a relationship with God without getting to know him. And you know, we can write it off that God knows everything about us. He knows how many hairs we have on our head. He knows our next move. He's planned it and ordained it. But the thing is, God desires, we can see this in the book of Genesis, God desires communication and communion with his creation. Amen. And we have to maintain that relationship with God or else our holiness will become our habit. Amen. The most... The most alarming part of the story of Eli that I read from tonight was the fact that while Eli slept, the lamp of God went out in the temple. This was the lamp that guarded the anointing of God. Amen. And that while he slept and this lamp went out, God had to call a boy that would be sensitive enough to hear his voice. Amen. And that boy would replace Eli and be one of the mightiest men of God that Israel had seen. Amen. All because it became his habit. In closing, as the musicians come, In this time that we are living, we cannot afford to allow our holiness to become our habit. Because not only are you affecting yourself, 
we are affecting generations to come. Not only generations to come, but we are affecting souls that would have been saved by your ministry. Amen. And just like Eli, to slip so far down and to lose the, the love for the work of God. And the thing, it's, easy, it's easy to become weary in working for God. It's very easy. You know, Brother Toby and Brother Fears spoke Sunday about the prison and the jail ministries. You know, and having seen both sides of, of ministries like that, if you're not careful, it's going to be the same people bearing the load. And it's easy to become weary in what you do. And before you know it, people can get so buried down. And not even only in church, at work, with what you have, you can get so weighted under life that something in the back of your mind says, okay, church starts at 7.30. And we go out of habit. Amen. Amen. You know, and I, I apply this message to me because obviously I'm not up here screaming tonight. It's been a long day. But I have to ask myself, am I coming out of habit? Or am I coming out of relationship to God? Because I know that when I get into this house, God's going to have something to sustain me until I'm able to make it again. Amen. Amen. While the musicians play, can we stand tonight and just make an altar where we stand? Would it be all right if we prayed and asked God to just once again rekindle a love for the work, a man that he has called us to. To rekindle a love for this message that he has called us into, this marvelous life. Lord God, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.